Welcome back, Gumbo listeners. I'm your host, Demetrius Malbro, and I'm excited to bring you episode number 112 today. I have Paul Katzoff, the CEO of White Canyon Software on, and Paul has over a decade of experience in the data security and e-waste industry. His key focus is manageable growth, brand loyalty, and digital expansion. And his treat of choice is any type of gummies, particularly from Germany. So Gumbo listeners, Paul discusses some of the challenges facing data security vendors, some tips on how to effectively wipe your corporate hard drives, and also a peek into the future of data storage and security. So let's get right into this episode. Welcome to Data Protection Gumbo, Paul. How are you today? Very good, Demetrius. Thank you for having me here on Data Protection Gumbo and your podcast and the chance to talk with you today. I appreciate it. Absolutely. It is definitely a pleasure to have you on and I am really looking forward to diving into some of the questions here so we can get more insights about, you know, White Canyon software and also uh, some of your thoughts about industry trends and where you think things are are headed. So I guess let's start with a toss up question. This this is a, a really simple question to kind of lay the scene out. Um, how, how did you become CEO of, of White Canyon Software? Uh, great question. So I actually started off here in tech support uh, back in 2008. Uh, it was after the big crash and I needed a job. So I got a job here full time uh, for $12 an hour. Uh, I had my MBA at the time as well, but I was happy just to get a job somewhere. And over time, I worked my way up into management, uh, sales, sales management, and about three, three and a half years ago, uh, our CEO retired, and they asked me to, to come back and take over the role of, uh, of CEO, and I, like anyone else, I happily jumped at the chance. Okay, so you, you have been there for how long? How long has it been? It's been a while since you... Oh, yes. Uh, so it's been about 12 total years, 11, 12 total years. I left there for about a year and a half, two years uh, in the middle there. But yeah, it's been a little over a decade. Got it. Got it. All right. So I am looking forward to really diving into, you know, some more type of security questions and, you know, things around data security. And and we might even have fun and talk a little bit about blockchain and and some some other things as well. (laughs) Um, Are you you okay with that? Absolutely. I love I love all these topics. This is great. All right. So um, what do you think about the I guess some of the largest challenges around facing data security vendors like like yourself? Um, You know, there's a lot of uh, first off, a lot of regulations coming out for corporations. And that's where vendors like ourselves and others step in and say, "Okay, these are the new regulations. We're going to be one of the tools that you choose or select to help you meet these regulations and help you stay in compliance. So that's what's changing in the data world. Um, It's fascinating, exciting. It's a little bit long overdue, but I think as more and more citizens are aware of their data and the possible negative parts of that data getting out there, I think these regulations are going to get stricter and stricter. So we're happy to be a part of it. We're going to see it, I think, over the next five or ten years expand quite a bit. Okay. Awesome. And, and really drilling into that, um, I, I also noticed that, that you wrote something, uh, and it looks like you wrote it, five things you, you need to know, optimizing your company's approach to data privacy and cybersecurity. Yes. That, that's really interesting. Do, do you mind maybe going 
through some of that for for the gumbo listeners because it's really important stuff yes so there are five security holes that a lot of corporations need to be aware of as far as their data management goes the first one is inadequate report reporting so up till now you really haven't had a requirement to keep track or have an audit of all your devices and data and how you manage those devices so Going forward with these new regulations, reporting is a key aspect of it. A lot of corporations don't have that um, really up to gray that it needs to be at. The second is, re is remote location risk. There's a lot of large entities with, with devices everywhere. And all these devices that hold any data or have a data bearing device on it, it needs to be managed, controlled, and at end of life erased. And so there's a huge risk with remote locations, who has access to it. Um, that's another big data security hole. Uh, the third one on our side is the weak internal, what we call internal chain of custody, which is you have an employee that has a laptop, they leave or get reassigned in your organization, the laptop gets given to your IT team, what happens after that point? You know, does the laptop get taken down, put into storage? Does it get erased right then? What data is on that computer or that system? How is it addressed? And what's the chain of custody until all that data has been uh, securely removed or addressed on that device? Okay. And that, that one's a major issue for uh, ITADs, uh, secondhand remarketers, uh, large corporations. You know, what data is on that device? Does it just end up in a storage locker? That sort of thing. The fourth one we have, which is kind of growing in magnitude, is just the outsourcing of risk or the, the third parties that you hire to take care of your IT assets. And the issue here is you're hiring this third party. They're taking your IT assets and processing them, but they're doing it at a low cost to you. And in order to save on cost, Maybe they're hiring employees that are very that could have security concerns or problems on their side where maybe devices get stolen or, or taken from the organization or from the third party. And therefore, it's that same chain of custody issue, which is you've passed to this third party, you feel the data is safe and been addressed, but on the on the partner side, you know, they have to keep costs low and therefore there may be an issue there, a potential risk with those devices you know not properly getting addressed okay and last but not least is relying solely on encryption for your your data security and this has grown in magnitude over the last couple of years and i think the education of the markets also increased on this which is you encrypt your device today it reaches end of life two or three years from now the data is encrypted and you say okay we're safe you know, don't worry about it, we're fine. But also, that data is still sitting on that device protected by encryption. And we know with new, you know, <laughs> in, you know encryption breaking technology, in eight, 10 years, they may be able to address that drive, break that encryption, and then all your data is exposed. So encryption is a great tool. It's a great, in our mind, we feel like it's a great temporary tool, um, but at some point, that encryption does reach a possible fault or an ability to be broken. And so that's our fifth kind of data security hole. We think on the corporate side needs to be addressed and that they need to be aware of as well. Okay, great. And, and encryption is definitely a huge one. And 
Uh, Paul, there, there's also one that I, I don't think we have went in depth here on data protection gumbo. It's around wiping a drive. Yes. And you you don't hear a, a lot of enterprises or just even small small businesses discuss the importance of wiping a drive or why do you need to wipe a drive? And I know that there are some compliance things um, around that as well. But what, what are some things that you, you would like to uh, impart as far as knowledge around wiping a drive that's important for corporations? Sure. So data erasure is nothing new. It's been around for 30, 40 years. Tapes have been erased. You know, even floppy diskettes, <laughs> the five and a quarter, three and a half inch have been erased as well. Um, what has happened is there is a little bit of mistrust of data wiping in the industry. And this may be towards bad actors. Um, it may be toward, you know, maybe manufactured or created by the manufacturers who want their clients to shred and destroy their drives every year so they can maintain their bottom line. Um, overall, the issue here is there's data on your drive at end of life. What are you going to do with that drive? You know, you have, you can, you can shred it and you have an e-waste, circular economy issue, sustainability issues, or you can address that device, you can erase it, and then you can reuse it and, and let that system leave your organization. And the big issue right now here is trust and reassurance that all the data is gone. And at Wipe Canyon Software, our main product's Wipe Drive. We've been doing it for 23 years. We've gotten NCSC certification, common criteria, ADISA, to present to clients that, hey, you can trust that all the data is gone. And um, that's kind of the big kind of accepting points that's, that's happening with corporations right now is realizing you know, we don't want this to go into e-waste or to be degaussed and be useless. What can we do on our side to reuse and reallocate these devices? And it's gaining acceptance. It's growing. Um, we have quite a few on the data centers that are headed that way. Uh, but it is kind of new to the industry to kind of accept it. Okay. And I, I always thought that, you know, if you use the the RM command or you you delete the data from the drive, then it's actually not there anymore but that's not true it's it, it's still sitting on the drive at zeros and ones but i guess this this goes a, a step further which actually makes sure that it is unreadable in case someone's get someone gets gets their hand on some technology that they could actually read it is that true well there the, what's happening now is technology is advancing to a part to a point where it's hard to address the technology on that drive so some of those old firmware commands and commands would work Will they work on 100% of the drive? You don't know. Also, you don't have a report stating that you did do that. So you're going to have just a tech sign a, a document saying, I did it. And did that tech really do it? Did the drive really complete? What is the proof or the audit trail on your side to say, hey, all these devices were addressed properly? And that's kind of the concern with a lot of the open source tools and a lot of you know SCCM tools and everything out there is, they may work, but they're also not audited frequently. They're not certified, and they also don't provide reports, which leaves exposure for organizations to provide that that liab liability proof that they've addressed the data correctly. Okay, got it, got it. That definitely makes sense. And now we have cloud, um, so you, you have a lot of corporations now that are utilizing public cloud and, and maybe private cloud you know, to, to manage their own systems and 
operating in that shared responsibility model where they're relying on the cloud vendor to do all of the de-wiping or, or whatever else needs to be done. That's right. Have, yes. you, have you seen yes. a, like an increase in or a decrease in the amount of people that are actually like reaching out for drives to be wiped? Uh, we've seen an increase on the corporate side, kind of the Fortune 500. Most of them have ramped up the, the desire to erase their drives. Uh, speaking to the cloud area, there's, you know, the main service providers there in the cloud. And what's happening is um, there's less data to erase on the, on the small and medium corporations and large corporations because most of their data is in the cloud. And that's being addressed by those organizations, you know, those cloud companies. So what we're dealing with both. We do erasure for a lot of these large cloud companies. We also do erasure for workstations, laptops, desktops that still need to be addressed for these corporations. So they're both coming in. It's kind of changing. The dynamic has changed. And I think we'll continue to see it change, but there'll still be a need on both sides for erasure. Okay, that, that makes sense. Um, also, back on, on the security theme. So each, each and every person, let's say each and every gumbo listener, right? They, they have multiple devices and... You know, you have a lot of administrators, IT administrators, backup administrators, storage administrators. They're responsible for making sure that their systems are secure or their applications that they're utilizing are secure. So what data security item should maybe each each and every one of these individuals actually uh, really think about on a on a day to day basis? Um, like the most important item for each each person to think about. Uh, great question. I, I mean, you could st- take a step back and say, hey, you need to look at your full process and who touches what device. And then also internally, who has access to which points of data. And this has been addressed correctly in the HIPAA or the healthcare world because of the, the financial penalties with HIPAA. But overall, most organizations need to look back, you know, take a step back and say, okay, who, who needs access to data? What is our data? Let's go through and and segment it, and then allow different users to different you know access to different segments of the data, and, and who should and should not have access to it. Then from there, you can build out an idea of where that data is at, how it's being managed, and also the risk of you know with work from home right now. You have employees that went home. They have their home computer. They're logging into your your through VPN to your network. And your organization did a great job of transitioning, but also now, have they moved those files and that data to their home computer? Do you have the right to tell them to erase it? If they go and sell that computer, are they even going to tell you? Is that data still on there as an Excel spreadsheet or, or a PDF? You know, there's some huge risks that are going on in that realm. And as an organization, you need to address where your data is at and who manages it and how you can address it in the future it's a it's a big task i'll be honest with you it's not it's not simple gotcha gotcha so yeah that that seems to make sense with me as well and just also kind of back on that data erasure drive wiping conversation that we were having are are there any types of certifications that companies need in order to like confirm that yes this drive or this particular uh, device has actually been wiped uh, in the U.S., they um, they have the common criteria certification. They don't really address a, a certain certification for that. Uh, currently, the NIST 888 is the standard for erasing devices. But all it states is that you have to be compliant with it. 
So the, the type of erasure that you called out, the firmware commands, the verification at the end, all of that has to deal with the NIST level of overwrite, but there's no certification body here in the U.S. to do that. Uh, in the U.K., it's very different. They have NTSC and they have a DISA. Those both certify that you're doing the, the white pattern that you claim you are, and that also all the data is completely gone or removed from that device after it's been run. Um, I don't know if the U.S. is ever going to get there, but that is kind of the difference between us and the U.K. and, and Europe as, as far as the certifications go for overwrite patterns. Awesome. So also around, like, if we were to look into the data gumbo crystal ball, what would be your prediction and a peek into the future around data security from your perspective? What would we see, Paul? <laughs> Great question. Yeah, um, uh, it's hard because I mix it between what I hope to see and what I really truly think we'll see. Uh, I, I truly think we will see a federal data protection law. It'll address uh, data breach notifications. It'll address right to be forgotten. It'll address the ability to find out which organizations have your data. Um, what it will not have, and I personally I wish as a citizen and someone with my own personal data, I wish it would have more teeth. I wish there'd be financial penalties um, addressable in dollars and, and, as I said, financial penalties for them to, on their side, have a motivation as a corporation to address it correctly. And eventually, I think that'll get there. Um, for now, I think over the next five or 10 years, we'll just see that federal kind of protection level increase. It will not reach GDPR level, but I, I hope one day it will. Okay, gotcha. What, what if someone... I guess if if someone was to ask you, you know, what's the most important thing, Paul, that that I should I should look at, I should look out for or I should be doing, you know, in my environment around security, what would be maybe the top two things that, that you would actually recommend that would be critical if if these are like the top two things that they can do yeah. in their environment? Uh, first off, I'd recommend looking out for external threats. Uh, ransomware has proven itself to become a great way for bad actors to earn money. And they have a currency method to get paid in. And you're going to see more and more ransomware atta attacks across the U.S. and globally because of the, the potential payout and, and um, revenue for these bad actors. On the second level, I would say look at your data erasure, look at your sustainability and your, cir your circular economy initiatives, and look at what devices are being wasted. We have so many devices, e-waste, going into landfills and other, um, which being shipped overseas. Take a look at it as an organization and say, okay, how are these being addressed? And can we truly improve how e-waste is seen and used and handled? And can we put pressure on manufacturers to make sure more there's less e-waste or more recycling on, on these new devices that are coming out. It is the initiatives of, of the customers that are going to drive the vendors to provide it. It is possible, but it's up to, up to these corporations and ourselves to kind of move, that, move the industry towards this 100% sustainability uh, level. Okay. And also backtracking a little bit, I, I actually forgot that you, you have a wealth of knowledge and information in your head there. Do, do you mind maybe walking us through like the, the evolution of drives and storing data and maybe make it fun for us and like 
use some analogies. <laughs> sure. sure. You bet. You bet. So, um, so in the beginning, it was uh, tape. You know, we're not going to we're going to skip the car, the punch cards, and all that, of course. <laughs> um, but we had tapes, and that grew from tapes into you know the floppy diskettes, which we all love, the five and a quarter and three and a half inch floppy yeah. diskettes. Zip drives. I don't I, know if you remember I, the zip drives, but those were amazing. Iomega. I had an Iomega square <laughs> yeah. zip drive, and it made this sound when whenever it spun up. <laughs> That's right. That's right. And you could store so much information. You could store all your, your uh, Word docs, everything on there. They're amazing. Um, after that, we moved into um, hard drive or platter-based storage. And from there, that hard drives became a major stay there in the market for a good 15, 20 years. They're very reliable. The data was accessible afterwards or at any time. And it's very permanent storage. Um, the issue there, of course, with those drives, they go bad after four or five years or too much use. They would they would just crash on you and you lose all your data. Then about, oh, has it been 15 years now? The flash storage area came out, which is very exciting. It's kind of using that RAM storage and changing it into permanent storage was the purpose there. And that has completely revolutionized data storage right now. Um, as far as the speed... You know, we have these these SSDs or solid state drives now. They're all flash based, and now they're reaching that you know four terabyte, eight terabyte level and on. And they'll continue to grow. And I think the platter based drives will eventually cycle out of the market and and no longer really be a big mainstay. But these SSDs are so quick, so fast, but they work entirely different than hard drives or platter based drives because the you know they're just saving to different memory chips. These chips go bad, so there's excess storage in these SSDs. And so you're really dealing with a whole different animal as far as storage goes. Um, what's coming up next? I've heard all sorts of rumors from Western Digital and others of hammer drives, um, mammer drives, heat-assisted drives. Um, I think Flash is going to keep pushing the level. And I think we're going to start seeing, it might not be uncommon to see a, a 32 terabyte um, SSD and other things like that. They're so fast, they're so quick. Um, just for comparison sake, uh, our wipe drive software, it's a, its own OS that boots up on your system and addresses the, the storage media and it goes through and erases that, say, hard drive. Well, for a hard drive, it's platter-based, it's like a record player. We're going through at the top speed we can and a terabyte, you know, a terabyte drive is going to take hour, hour and a half. Um, you put in an SSD, one terabyte SSD, it is going to clock through that in about 12 minutes. And that's addressing every single area on that device. And so there's just a huge speed implications that's going to go with SSDs. And that's, that's exciting. I love what's coming next. I, I don't even know what they're working on. It's top secret, but it's, it's going to be fun for sure. <laughs> yeah, I, I read some things about interesting things that they are storing data on. I think one was a microchip that they stored. <laughs> yeah. I don't know how much data on it, but they got a lot of data on that thing. Um, and also, it, it also makes me wonder too, and maybe you can fill me in on this. Is, is there a big difference in erasing and wiping a hard disk drive versus an SSD? I'm, I'm sure it is. Is there like a fundamental different technology to do that or? Um, the, the way that we address the drive is similar. Um, SSDs have that extra storage and so there are secure erase and sanitized disk firmware commands 
that have come from ATA. So the manufacturers have said, hey, in order to address my full drive and this extra storage and everything else we've put on this SSD, which is different than the platter-based hard drives, use these ATA commands and you can address all of it. So that's how the industry has kind of um, addressed the differences between the two devices. We use those commands, but we'll also go through and, and verify that all those areas on that device have been overwritten. We also reset the encryption key. We have a patent on that. So we will reset the encryption key, erase that device, reset it again. So that on their side, there's at least two or three mechanisms in place to make sure the data is unrecoverable. Then we'll verify it as well. There's lots of things we do on our side to ensure that the data is gone. Uh, it's, it seems like you, you, really, you, you really love SSDs and, and the performance. I, I do as well. So I, I swapped my own personal computer out, you know, the drive out for a, an SSD and it boots a hell of a lot faster. Yeah. Yeah. Isn't that amazing? Like it just, it's so fast. It's, it gets going so quickly. Um, I heard recently about uh, DNA type storage. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's yeah. Int that's interesting. Like yeah. that's, I mean, you're talking petabytes or even more in minuscule, minuscule size, right? That's the issue is you're getting a lot of storage in a small size. There's, there's a lot yeah. down the road for us. Okay. Now, and maybe this is the final question, but do, do you have a, like an SSD recommendation, one that you, that, that's your, your personal favorite that you recommend? And also, is there one that you, you don't have to name names, but that you need to stay <laughs> away from because it, it causes too many issues or problems or uh, like, I'm kind of curious as what, what you see on the back end around like different manufacturers. Uh, yeah. Uh, the usage. Yeah. Um, so we, we typically bump into the SSDs three or four years after okay. they come out, you know, so that's kind of our addressing stages at end of life and things like that. I'm not going to go on the record with any of the, the bad devices. <laughs> Um, I, I do want to go out there and say, hey, with the current devices that are out there, the brand new SSDs that are out there on the market, they're amazing. They're top of the line. Um, I would not really visit older, say, five or eight-year-old you know, SSDs. There's just a huge performance difference between them. And we're going to see that going forward the next five or eight years. You're going to see SSDs get even faster. So uh, as far as great players out there, uh, you know, the typical ones out there are fine. Um, the The real SSD area has really improved. I think it's in a good place. All right. Well, I definitely seem to to be a little bit smarter now around, you know, erasure and, and wiping drives and, and SSDs, etc. So uh, also, is, is there a social media handle that you would like to provide? Maybe Gumbo listeners can reach out to you on social media. Absolutely. I'm, uh, if you'd like to reach out to me on Twitter, um, that's at Paul Katzoff. Uh, you can reach me there, or we have our White Canyon Twitter. We, we're all over social media. Our website's www.whitecanyon.com. Feel free to reach out to us. We'll be happy to answer your questions, talk about data all day long. It's what we love to do. All right, and that's what I love to do as well. So let, let, let's keep the theme rolling here. So Enjoy, enjoy the the mountains behind you uh, on your view. I wish I wish you guys could see his the view from his window. It is amazing, Paul. It was definitely a pleasure having you on. Thank you. Thanks, Demetrius. Thank you for having me on Data Protection Gumbo Podcast. Appreciate the chance to talk with you and your audience, and uh, hopefully we can talk soon. Thank you for listening to Data Protection Gumbo. Please follow us on Twitter at DPG Podcast and join our backup and recovery professionals LinkedIn group. Just search 
Backup and Recovery Professionals on LinkedIn, and you will find the group. And until next time, Gumbo listeners, have a fantastic week.